Welcome to the Mad Ones. I'm your dear lord, my voice sounds weird host, Cam Harless. And with me as always is your dwarf woman hostess, Miss Jessica Green. <laughs> that was um <clears throat> that was a low effort uh introduction, Cam, I gotta say. Compared I know to, where my compared I, to some of the whoppers you've given before, but I understand I where your my voice is going. Is. Yeah. <laughs> your voice is going out. I'm gonna let you slide on that one. <laughs> well, I'm just glad you shaved your dwarven lady beard before getting on yeah. a stream. I like to look my best for the stream. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a handsome beard, but, you know. <laughs> I also don't want to give, you know, anybody beard envy, so. That's true. I would be, I would be. I mean, it's thick and black, so it's like <laughs> what everyone wants. All uh, right. <laughs> well, my voice is kind of screwed up. I think it's laryngitis. And, uh, but, so I'm going to, I'm going to push through because this is an important conversation. Things have been going crazy on Twitter and on TikTok, and I am dumbfounded by how stupid some people are, like the the people who are very mad that abortion is banned everywhere now, allegedly, how stupid some of the things they say are. And I'm, I'm, I'm giddy with that because, <laughs> God. Um, but before we get to that, I do want to let you know that this show is 100% brought to you by the fans and patrons. So hit like, subscribe, and share the show with your friends. We've covered all sorts of topics, some clean, some dirty. So look for the tag that says explicit before you watch. Um, share them with someone who you think might be able to gain something from it. Um, also, you can join our Patreon for the occasional early episode, Zoom hangout, and our eternal gratitude. So patreon.com slash themadones. And also grab a shirt or a mug over at wearethemadones.com slash store. If you want to rep us in our logo wherever you go, I'm going to mute the mic for just a second, clear my throat, and then I'm going to introduce the guest. So <laughs> joining us tonight is a very special guest. So be on be on your P's and Q's and watch your language. Our guest works day in and day out helping women who have been through the tragedy of abortion. Her mission is to help help them find the cross, forgiveness, and to forgive themselves, and to be set free from the pain that comes from having an abortion. So please welcome the woman who expelled me from her loins 33 years ago, my mother and the executive director of Abortion Recovery Alabama, Miss Cindy Harless. What hey. shaking, lady? Me. <laughs> my hands. It it's, been, it's been really, really crazy considering the last time we had you on. I The very first question I wanted to ask you out of the gate was, did you have any inkling when we had you on several months ago that we would be talking about the fact that they just repealed Roe v. Wade. Right. No, I think that it 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 was. Um, of course, I got I got a little hints on the way, so I was really ready for it when it actually came through. I was waiting for it, but I don't remember when that when that was. I was on last, but no, I think that it was it was huge. It it, it was yeah. just huge. It's something that we had been praying for. Well, I've been praying for since Cam was a baby, 33 years, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. and other people have been praying for 50. So it was really cool. It was really. I think, I think a lot of people were shocked. I, I don't think there was anybody who was fully prepared for the fact that that might actually be a reality. I think even a couple of weeks leading up to it, it didn't even seem like that could really be real because my entire life abortion has been illegal or it has been legal my entire existence. I never imagined I would be sitting in a place where 
that would no longer be a federally protected thing. And that as we understand, as we have come to understand, it's gone back to the states. It's gone back to the individual states to decide whether they want that in their state or not. It's not a national ban on abortion, as a lot of people have kind of come to phrase it in the media. Well, I think that's what's funny is because, you know, a lot of the pro-life talk over the past over my lifetime has been about, um, you know, not not even necessarily repealing Roe versus Wade, because for a while it was just we need to have a life. Uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, a personhood amendment. Amend, they didn't even say amendment. A personhood law, the federal level. And I was like, that won't won't hang constitutionally unless you amend the constitution. I remember having conversations with mom where I was like, okay, so first step has to be repealing Roe versus Wade and mm -hmm. letting the states decide. And uh, I thought it was funny because you know I, I did I did bring her around kind of to where where I was in a lot of ways. I think. But he, I'm I'm a little smart. Um, but <clears throat> it was funny. I was I was on Facebook the other day, and there was someone who's actually been on the show before, um, a boomer who was like kind of angry at people for celebrating the repeal of Roe versus Wade mm -hmm. because they're like they're not actually saving. No, you know it's not actually saving anything. This is just you know celebrating the system rather than you know. And I was just sitting there like. I understand people who want total abolition. I understand that completely. But I also understand celebrating if there's a heartbeat law and you, you know there's there's mm -hmm. you know however many babies or however many w women know after 6 weeks or whatever it is, you know, like there's these little wins for life, I think. Um, and I was, I, I didn't talk to him and I want to, I've, I've been thinking about what he said for like two days now. And my, I think the best way to phrase it, and you can disagree with me or give me tips, mom, if you want to, if you want to, or Jessica, but I was, my first thought was, well, Joshua didn't defeat all of Canaan in a day there. They, they, cities had to be taken down piece by piece until they were able to get to the promised land. I mean, am I wrong? I feel like we can celebrate the fact, whether or not we like the Supreme Court and what they do, that hell, man, they're letting the states decide. Yeah. And like most, a lot of these states are like, no more. We don't condone murder. Yeah, there's like, there's like 26 states, I think, that immediately banned abortion. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the really cool part was, and, and to speak to that is not only is it taken from the federal level level where it didn't belong to begin with right. and putting it back down on the state level where our representatives can make a decision. It's also taking it out of a renegade court because it yeah. was never law mm -hmm. and right. putting it back into the part, the branch of government that's supposed to be dealing with it and make the law, which is Congress. Right. So you've got a renegade Supreme Court making law and they shouldn't be making the law. And this actually should shift out, like help all area. And it seems like a lot of their decisions that are coming down are saying, hey, this is not supposed to be um, a, a law made by courts. This is supposed to be on in the Congress. It needs to be right. a law, not just yeah, on a, the a state ruling. level, too, because I like I said, even even if they did a law in washington like any gun law they make in washington dc 
for after all this stuff that's gone on. I don't care who it is. Uh, I don't think that the Constitution is necessarily going to stop it, except for in rare cases like what happened recently. But it's not constitutional, and it, it can't hold up to that scrutiny. But um, I think it's I think it's great to bring it down to the states. But there's also allegedly another ruling that's going to be coming down. Um, I think it's on West Virginia first versus the EPA. And so essentially what that one might mean is that they are going to strip the powers of legislation from uh, federal uh, executive agencies. So agencies mm -hmm. in the in the executive branch like the FBI, the EPA, the um, uh, what, what's the one the ATF, things like that. Anyone who's passing essentially passing laws and they've delegated the Congress has delegated their powers to these agencies the FDA, who decided jewels aren't allowed on the market anymore, who decided that Newport cigarettes couldn't be out there anymore, etc. If they actually follow through with this, that means all of those laws are null and void, and it goes back down to where it should be, which is the states. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of weird mix-up stuff. I mean, I'm never going to put place my hope or my trust in the courts, yeah. but... If they do that, I will pat them on the back and I will say, you know what, I'm glad I, Trump was funny and I, I'm glad he was able to put a dent in some of this stuff. One interesting thing is that they claim that most of the country supports abortion and wants it to be on demand without restriction for any reason. And when you look at what occurred in the wake of Roe being overturned at 26 states, had trigger laws in place. It definitely shows that there is a disconnect but between what they're telling you America supports and what America actually seems to be feeling. And I, I know that um, there are a lot of places where pro-life voices are suppressed, including and in up to the pregnancy centers, the very places where women who don't want to have abortions can get aid and agency from. These places are they're attempting legally to shut them down. Yeah. So did you did you, did you see that? I, I retweeted it and I wanted to bring this to mom as well. Thank you for reminding me. Um, but uh what's her name? The the uh Pocahontas um Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Oh. <laughs> I forgot she tweeted about that. two days ago, I just saw it today. Uh, with Rogan, it's more important than ever to crack down on so-called crisis pregnancy centers that mislead and deceive patients seeking abortion care. My bill with Senator Menendez would stop these harmful practices. And I quote tweeted it and I said, this is quite literally and clearly anti-Christ. Anti because it is. Yeah. Because you have spent, I mean, when like, like you said, after I was born, that's when you entered into the pro-life movement. So it's been my entire life. And so, you know, you worked at uh, a company called Save a Life or a, an organization called Save a Life for years. You were on their board of directors. You've been working in these fake abortion clinics for most of my life. And so that means when, when people say no one cares about babies after they're born, these people only care if uh, the baby's born. I'm like, that's not true. Because I know just knowing Save a Life, they had um, programs for – I think recently I heard they had programs for helping women find jobs as well mm -hmm. as uh, they, they took classes and got um, certain bucks in order to pay for um, – what's it called? 
formula and bedding and clothing for the babies, free ultrasounds, free counseling, all sorts of how to be a parent classes. And it's like, you're so full of crap. These are, they, we care about these babies. And I don't know, I, it, it frustrates me that people just let them get away with saying that. It, 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 it's so true. It's so untrue. It, it is just a lie that for one thing, you do have your pregnancy centers who, like you said, they offer parenting classes. They offer um, like uh, the, they have nurses teaching classes on like how, like you're going to have the baby and, you know, nursing and all that. They have boutiques that have all kind of clothes. They have maternity clothes. They have food and they network and get you into other areas. Not only that, but, you know, um, one of the things that I think is a really big thing that a lot of people don't know is there a thing, there's a thing called the safe haven law. And in my understanding is all 50 states have it and they have a little bit different criteria. Uh, I can speak to Alabama. In Alabama, if you have a baby and within 72 hours you decide you don't want to keep that baby, you can take that to an emergency room. Any emergency room in the state of Alabama, no questions asked leave the baby there and there is between one and two million people out there that want to adopt babies mm -hmm. and and then they say well adoption's too expensive and I'm like we've got that covered too birthed out of save a life save a life um, was a lifeline children's center and if you go through lifeline um, you can adopt these babies. You know, we, we, it was a conflict of interest for Save a Life to do it straight up, but so they, they refer to Lifeline. So there are all kinds of pro-life adoption agencies out there that make it a lot simpler and where they work with the mothers and help the mothers and set everything up. Um, and also there, I mean, there are all kinds of children's homes out there. Uh, Doug Marshall, Cam, you know, Doug Marshall, he yeah. is like, I think the president of the Presbyterian Children's home uh here yeah. in, in alabama there are ranches all of them are christian all of yeah. them are christian would you show me the ones that are not christian yeah well i, um, I think that's part of mom uh pp steve wants to, to see dog. sophie <laughs> she, she's it definitely driving me nuts <laughs> i thought that it canceled out i'm sorry come here you know, you're good you're good come here <laughs> Yeah. They need not proof of life. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go. Go. Go ahead, Jessica. Well, I was going to say there is sort of like a disconnect there because um, at first you hear this sort. Of, it's it's as though they have a script in a three ring binder that they're all sort of flipping through for their arguments. And one yeah. of the first arguments you'll hear out of the pro abortion side is, "Well, what are you going to do? You're going to adopt all of these kids." And then when people start coming out saying, hey, I'll adopt your baby, don't abort your baby, I'll adopt it, then the script gets flipped, the goalpost gets moved. And it's like, oh, yeah, you just want to adopt the baby so you can indoctrinate it into your, you know, Christian values or whatever. Like, yeah, what a terrible thing that I should adopt a child and teach it Christian values. Like, what, where is the downside here? And what do you want from us? Like yeah. there's no, there's no amount of whatever you're saying will take help take care of babies. We'll hook uh, moms up with classes, all of these things. It's an ever moving goalpost. Nothing will ever be good enough because it's right. not about 
mm. caring for the mothers, not even for them. It's about this ability to snuff out human life and consequence free. This is so I connect this on my own personal like conspiracy theory level back to the sexual revolution. <laughs> this all comes mm. back to the sexual revolution and the, the consequence free sexuality, the free love movement. And part of that is not having to deal with the consequences of sexual activity. One of the most natural ones is pregnancy. Mm. And that's why they want this available. Freaking boomers and their summer of love ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> but there's actually, I think it was more a little bit earlier than me. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was the 60s people. Yeah. You were the and 70s was, people. Look at who's in the government now in the form of the liberal progressive left side of our government are all people who were part of that sort of like beaten it next 60s free love movement. They're all now the people who are in power. So these like sort of aging hippies are directing this, uh, I don't know, moral phronema, the moral direction of the country, which has been, you know, everything that now we're seeing the results of are, you know, drag queen story hour and a woman is not a woman is a man is actually a woman is a man. All of this stuff I think stems back in its originality from the, the free love movement, the sexual revolution, the yeah. consequence of it. Well, and, and a lot of that came, let's not, and this is further conspiracy, um, <laughs> but it's, it's true. I mean, look at MK ultra during that time. Look at what the CIA did. This, there were things going on in the government to push this. I mean, I think, was it Nixon even talked about it in some way? Uh, because that that was partially why he, like, sent, what was it, uh, made, put, got crack or cocaine or whatever into black neighborhoods um, because he was tired of dealing with the, the hippies or something. I forget what it was. I mean, it's a, it was wild. Um, but let's not get too far off off here. Um. <laughs> wow, we're going down well, a rabbit I, I hole do now. Want, yeah. <laughs> well, I do want to go back to, and I don't know if you'll remember this cam or not, but um, I had a lady. Um, I was out in front of an abortion clinic uh, one time, and I had a lady who came up and she decided not to have an abortion and I wasn't in her face or yelling at her or doing any weirdness. I mean, we were just kind of like, Hey, I've had an abortion. Do you want to talk about it before you walk in there? Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And she came out and she told me that she was pregnant with twins, that she did not want them. And, um, the only one that she would allow to adopt her babies would be me. And I don't know if you remember, Cam, but I went home and I talked to your dad and I said, hey, I told her yes. And he's like, absolutely. If she will keep those babies, we will adopt them. So oh, wow. you have to see the heart. We have the heart. The heart mm -hmm. is there. It interests me that you're talking about standing in front of an, in front of a, no, excuse me. I can't talk, I promise. Talking about standing in front of an abortion clinic. Nowadays, to me, that seems like an activity that could be quite dangerous because of all the um, types of violence that breaks out during conflicts between different sides of protesters. And well, all of ours are closed now. So, yeah, 
I called. We don't um, have anywhere to go. <laughs> to I, call, I, I called the West Alabama Women's Center this morning just yes. to see if they'd answer the phone. Yeah, just to yeah. see if they'd even answer the phone. They did, and I hung up because I'm not going to talk to a demon. But they're <laughs> they're at least in the office. Um, okay. But no, it's it's even outside of even outside of strictly Christian circles. You know, I we have a friend um, named Trey who has fostered to adopt. I think four or five children our friend uh david has fostered to adopt three and has foster children in his home right now and it's it, it, it's so funny to me that we're having these conversations and they're saying oh well we we have to have this abortion this killing because otherwise they'd go into the foster system right and so that's their that's their lines and it's it's yeah. this clear statement of i care they, they they're trying to say i care about these kids so we must kill them so that they are not in the foster care system instead of saying i care about these kids i will foster one like you don't care something. about the kids i have something like, to say you know, about imagine that. being a, a foster kid that has grown up in the foster system and people are and everybody's saying well you should be dead yeah, this is something I, I've kind of felt too as a kid. I grew up basically in poverty and over and over I hear the line like, you you know, if there are children who are born who otherwise would have been aborted, they will grow up in poverty. And it's just lying of, you know, poor kids are better off dead. And like, sorry, you know, I grew up in what, you know, I don't want to like get into any details or anything like that, but I grew up in what people would consider pretty impoverished circumstances. And I'm still glad I did that rather than not existed or was murdered. So I have trouble understanding that line. And when you point that out to people, they default to some other script note about, well, you just want to control women's bodies. It's like, no, you know, th this is, go ahead, Cam. You have something on yeah. that? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I just had a thought and I, that came through my finger and I wanted to remember it. So sorry. Okay. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah. So there's like, you know, again, this, it's sort of like a script notebook where if you answer one argument, they'll pivot to another. And all of the arguments assume malice on your part, no matter how many different ways you can show that your intentions are not malicious, that you actually care not just about the children who would otherwise be murdered, but the women who will commit these murders with the help of doctors and the future that they have to experience after that. And it doesn't matter. It's an ever-changing goalpost. And that's what's so infuriating about it is like when you really start to examine the ethical arguments, they don't stack up and they don't hold water. It's just anger and emotion getting thrown in your direction. And people are so um, afraid to raise the anger and ire of the progressive left because they've demonstrated a clear willingness to commit violence as a result of it, that they'll do anything to back down. And so I think that's why this decision is so shocking. Like how on earth did the court have the balls to do this? And well, I mean, I, I'm surprised, even though yeah. I, I, because when that thing was leaked, I was like, there's no way. Because, you know, just in your mind, um, you get to this place where you kind of think that the things that have been there your whole life can't change mm -hmm. or won't change or there's never right. going to be any will for change or anything like that 
Um, and I, I mean, I was, even though I saw that thing, I knew it was coming down when it happened. I was still floored, mm -hmm. still floored. What, what year was Roe versus Wade decided? 1972? 1973. 1973. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, your point about it coming out of the sixties, you've got this, it's a very good point because 1973 is when they legalized abortion across the 50 states. Mm -hmm. That timeline isn't on accident. So, I mean, it's... There's a couple of people in the chat I'm noticing who, um, when we've referred to the act of abortion as murder, have popped up with, it's not murder, it's not murder. That's a fundamental disagreement. Like, if you, uh, if you believe that the ending of a human life is murder, then abortion is murder. If you don't agree to that point, then we're not even having the same conversation. You just don't think the killing of a human being is murder. I know there are people who think that. For example, that think that the killing of a human being in war is not murder. The killing of a human being um, as the, in the commission of a crime is not murder. So there are ethical arguments about that. But if we don't agree that an abortion is murder, we're not having the same conversation. So I understand why you feel the need to say that, but you're telling me who thinks abortion is murder. Oh, well, no, it's not. And based on the precept that it's not, here are my further arguments. That's why it's not, though. That's why this conversation is not working. I just, right. there are people who are apparently pro-choice pro here in the chat, and I just want to address them. It's not that I'm like, th that I think you're evil or stupid or anything like that. I don't even think we're having the co same conversation. So maybe that's something that we should address. Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I noticed it, but my typical um, tagged on, I, I, that is not one of those conversations that with someone who comes in and makes the diametrically opposed statement and doesn't explain, doesn't give any sort of explanation as to why you're not going to reach them most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so my time is better spent um, talking about what we could do to help women who want to have abortions or to help babies or to help in the foster care system or any other number of things besides just having an argument with someone who's not going to change their mind. I, okay. I don't care. But I do think here's a funny thing. For like the last few years, you would see these dumb arguments on on Facebook or on Twitter where people are, are saying, oh, well, it's not murder because it's legal. See, look, it's the illegal killing of a person. And I'm like, you, you don't have that argument anymore, at least not in Alabama, in uh, Georgia, in Florida soon, in Mississippi soon, in Louisiana. Like you, you lost an argument and that's that's kind of good. I like that. <laughs> I like that they can't appeal to the government to prove whether or not something is murder. I wanted, I wanted and, to ask you. Oh, go ahead, City. Please, please go ahead. Well, I, I just wanted to say, I think there are, are like three different people out there and, and it are, or at least from what I'm, I'm picking up, there are people out there that are Christian and that they have studied the Bible and they know that that um, uh, life begins except at, at conception. And even in um, Psalms 139, it talks about God had planned the baby's lives before conception. Mm -hmm. So we've got that that those people out there. And then we have the ladies that have had an abortions and they don't want to believe that they had murdered a child. It's just too horrific to think about. So they're in a justification mode. They're trying to justify what they did 
And I get that. My heart goes out to them. So I'm not judging them. I do think that they need to know that I respect where they're coming from and that we can move, you know, but we can still have a discussion. Yeah. And then, um, and then there are people out there who um, really, I, I think they've just bought the rhetoric and bought the lie that um, it, it and then, and the science is on our side, you know, I mean, the science is on our side. I mean, there, I mean, I don't, scripture and science is, is on the side of, of the pro-life movement. So I don't, they don't have a, a logical place to come from. Their arguments are always emotional. But we need to look and say, okay, what's behind that emotion? What is your fear? What's going on? Talk to me. You know, let's see where we can find some middle ground. And there may be people who refuse to do that. And I'm aware of that. Um, and there are people that may want to harm me or harm uh, uh, pregnancy centers, like you were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. or even um, uh, adoption agencies and stuff. There are, there are people out there. And um, at that point, it scares me that maybe they have gone so far that they can't come back, that their conscience has been seared. Mm -hmm. But I don't want them to see me as being judgmental. I want them to see me as saying, hey, she, she's willing to talk. She understands where you could be hurting. And let's see if we can, let's see if we can have a conversation. It's, maybe it's a possibility. I right. Well, I have my, my point of what I said is not that I'm not willing to have a conversation, but it's taking the, you know, the proverb that you don't, you don't cast pearls before swine. If you know that someone's not going to be listening, not going to be having the conversation is going to be belligerent and offended by your opinion mm -hmm. when you're not even talking to them. Mm -hmm. I'm, why would I, why, why would I argue with you? That's yeah. wasting well, my time and yours. Well, and if I get, if I'm stupid enough to do that, I'm probably going to get mad too at a certain point. So why do that? And my point <laughs> to them is all to these people also is if you're trying in genuine interest to have a conversation with someone who's pro-life, when you come at it from that angle, you're losing your audience. So it's like, yeah, the people who are having the pro-life conversation to others have that duty. Just like Cindy said, that's so important. And the way you pro approach others with a pro-life argument, I 1000% agree with that. But also, you know, clearly we have people who are pro-choice in the chat. They came here because they were looking to scrap or to argue whatever it was. And it's like, hey, if you genuinely want to have a conversation with pro-life people, don't bust in the door and say, hey, an abortion's not murder. You've lost your audience at that point. Like really, you should really attempt to try to see it from the opposing side's point of view. I happen to have a good um, footing in the opposing side's point of view because I was that middle person that Cindy was talking about. I had had an abortion and the thought of it was so <laughs> horrific to me that it made me reject uh, not only the concept that it was murder, that an abortion might be murder. I bought solely into the clump of cells ideology, but also to reject God to re reject the faith of my heart. I became a stone cold, militant, angry atheist for most of my adult life and was miserable in it because I was too horrified to mentally deal with the fact that abortion is murder. So I, I, I have had my foot in both of these camps 
And I'm just trying to, for the people I know who are in the position that I was once in, if you're really trying to have a conversation with pro-lifers, accept the fact that they believe that abortion is murder and try to have the conversation from that perspective. You might get just a little bit further in it. That's, I'm just trying to help everybody come to the table a little better. Right. Does that make sense? That's good. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I mean, we're, we want to be, we want to minister. We want to bless. I mean, I'm not going to be shy. Um, my program, um, my abortion recovery program is a Bible study. That mm -hmm. is where I'm coming from because to me, that's where the truth lies. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't make any calls. You know, I don't, I don't back off of that. And one of the things that you said earlier, that pregnancy centers act like they're like they're fake yeah. clinics what or whatever. I, I want you to know when they answer, my sister is on staff at Safe Harbor in Pensacola, Florida. And when they answer the phone, when I answer the phone, I get calls. I, okay, I want to have an abortion. Can I make an appointment here? I'm like, no, that's not what I do. But our very first thing out of our mouths is, we do not refer to or uh, um, do abortions. We do not do abortions or refer for abortions. That is the first words out of every um, pro-life center's mouth when they answer the telephone. Mm -hmm. And then they say, but you can come in, you can verify um, the viability of your baby and see whether or not you even need it. Or if you really actually pregnant, you know, I mean, some of those tests that are from the dollar store that, you know, they, they've been out in a truck and they've gotten all heated and gross and, you know, they may not be accurate. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, so, and, and then when they come in, um, we, we do uh, try to share the love of Christ with them, but we're not going to shove it down their throats. Now I can't speak for every pregnancy center across the whole United States, but I just know the ones that, that I have worked for we're very loving and we just want to help and we don't try to shove anything yeah. down anybody's throat yeah we just offer them the options i i will point out that uh i think it's funny that i've seen the word libertarian in the chat a couple of times oh, i'm not no. a libertarian got the I'm wrong not idea a, I'm, not, I'm not a conservative <laughs> i'm not a republican i'm not any of that crap um oh, but sir. i one of the reasons i wanted to disconnect myself from that that bandwagon was because so many times when you're having conversations with people who are libertarian and who would otherwise say that they're pro-life or they'll say abortion's evil or any other number of things and they'll they'll have a moral um they have some sort of morality that they believe in and mention um they then start talking in this way of nuance. So like one of the things I heard recently was, um, oh, well, you know, uh, I, I think, I, you know, getting rid of abortion federally is good, but a total ban on abortion would be just as bad. And I'm like, how, how? There are millions of abortions done every year. How is that worse or the same as the other? It doesn't make any sense. And I'm, I'm just sitting here and there are these, oh, well, yes, I, I think that it's, I've even heard people say, yes, I think it, that it's murder, but it's your, your choice. I'm like, you can say that all you want to. I'm not going to tie myself. I'm not going to chain myself to that. I'm just going to tell you, yes, I am pro-life. 
yes, I believe that there are biological realities and that human life matters. And so if you are wanting to end the life of human beings, I am not on your team, mm. period, full stop. We'll never be on your team. And so I, it's, it's, it's these arguments, these piddly, nitpicky arguments and uh, people, you know, claiming that they've, oh, well, I'm, I'm making a point. You're not listening. It's like, you haven't made a point yet. Cause I don't think you know what a point is. Okay. So I get annoyed. <laughs> to, to address some of the points that they will make though, things that they bring up as examples of why abortion needs to remain completely legal for any reason at any time up to any point are these like wild contrived scenarios that even under the best of circumstances only account for like half a percent or one percent of all total abortions and the rest of the time it's being used as birth control and that's not an acceptable if, if the government has to exist at all i mean let's take it from like a completely libertarian anarchist perspective if the government has to exist at all if it can, if, if the basic precept of it is that it can't protect unborn fetuses from murder then it has no point at all like if it's got to exist at all let it pr proceed in the most basic function of protecting the most innocent of lives and that if not there's no point to it there's just absolutely no point to it at all so it's like either you're a, a complete and total anarchist who believes no laws should exist for any reason at any point for any person because they might restrict somebody's will or freedom or whim, or you acknowledge that there should at least be, if there is to be a government, the function of protecting a, an unborn human life. And if not, what's the point? Let's go back. Let's go back to bonking each other over the heads. What's wrong? What you just went, whoa, what's happening? Yeah, I'm sorry. The dog just bit my finger. <laughs> She's on the table. I was like, oh no. I was like, Cindy's about to give me an earful. Uh oh. <laughs> no, not at all. I thought you did very well. Very well. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I haven't thought about it that way. You know, that, I mean, the main purpose of government is to protect their people, right? I mean, that's Allegedly. one of the main. Allegedly, Allegedly, if yeah, that's its yeah. stated purpose, then that's yeah. the first person in line for the protection, right? Like, right. if not, then what are baby. We, yeah. Then who or what is the point? Why are why can't we just murder each other in the streets? You have something I want and I want it more than you and I'm stronger than you. So why should I just kill you and take what I want? Because Isn't you're that, restricting my freedom. I mean, that's really that like what the, it's happening, though, right? like in seattle and portland depends on where yeah i was about to say it depends on where you are in the world that doesn't mean i, I support full-on authoritarian government i mean surely there's some room for, to understand what a, what a stupid claim that is that i'm an authoritarian because i don't think you should murder babies like really are we are we so far off into clown world that this is sorry i'm losing my voice now too <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I think that what's interesting about this situation and this point of the conversation is there are people who won't like me anymore or who will be sad that I believe that abortion is wrong and shouldn't happen. And you know what? That's fine with me. What am I going to do? I'm not going to pretend that biology doesn't exist, that a unique DNA doesn't exist. I'm not going to pretend that that clump of cells doesn't become a human person. I don't care if you, I don't care, but why would I? 
I'm just not, uh, I'm not interested and I'm not interested in debating people. If you, if someone comes to me with a, a conversation and a discussion and wants to know my views, I'm more than happy to have a discussion, but I'm not going to argue with you. I'm no, not going to debate no with you. What am I going to, what, what do I win? If I win a debate with someone and then they don't change their mind, half the audience thinks they won, the other half thinks I won. I, that's a waste of my time. I could be doing this better things I, with my life. This is what I'm trying to drive at. And I know people think I'm just getting like, you know, my wig is on fire, but it's not. It's that we can't even agree to basic terms. We yeah. can't agree that a fetus is a human life. If we right. can't agree to basic terms, there's no discussion. It's not me being a dick or I don't want to discuss anything with you. I'm sorry, Cindy. I, I'm working on it. I'm going to put a, I'm gonna put a dollar in the jar. I promise. Wait, did but you say not, word? Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. Um, what did you say? I, I'm not going to repeat it. Then I'll owe the jar $2. Well, it's $2. <laughs> what I'm saying, it's, it's not even like you and I could probably have the person pro-choice person, random royal we out there, we could probably have a beer and enjoy each other's company. I don't think you're a bad person. What I'm saying is we can't have this discussion rationally because we're not prepared to agree on terms. You right. do not agree that a fetus, a human fetus is a life, a human, unique human life. The DNA says otherwise, we could have that discussion, but if you're, if you're starting point, if your starting point in the conversation is that a fetus is not a unique human life, there's nowhere we can progress from that point on. We, ha yeah. we have to agree to disagree. I know that's something no one wants to do nowadays. We have to agree to disagree and maybe have separate countries, separate areas that we live in because you can't <laughs> force 350 million people to live together under one rule. They're fundamentally different, you and I. You, you, you pro-choicer and me pro-lifer, we have fundamentally different ways of being. I yeah. say we, we go live in two different countries. That's the peaceful solution. Let me yeah. ask this question. I have been wondering this ever since I've seen it. I keep seeing all these people in New York and they are losing their minds and they are protesting and going crazy. Do they not know they can go tomorrow and have an abortion if they want to? It's a completely <laughs> pro-choice state. I don't get it. I mean, I can understand it if it was a pro-life state and they couldn't have the abortion. But why are these people who still have that option going nuts? But, well, let's talk about that because there are a bunch of myths being spread by um, the media right now. Chiefly among them is that the states where you do have trigger laws are doing total abortions because you'll see in the articles written over and over again near total abortion ban and they want you to think abortion under almost every single circumstance is banned when in fact in cases like ectopic pregnancy where the life of the mother is in danger of course these medical procedures are available for emergency circumstances not for birth control and also, right. again, I think we could have an ethical discussion about whether the exemption for rape and incest, rape and incest is actually ethical. I'm not sure that it is. That's a discussion we could have when we agree on terms. But yeah, there's so the say, media. Go ahead. One thing that I found interesting, I, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, was I don't know if you realize this, there's a lot of conversation about um, ectopic pregnancies. And there was this, this fake story going around a couple of days ago. Um, but, uh, 
they call it an abortion and there's an actually a debate within medical medical people and other otherwise about whether or not that's even the right word for what that is because mm -hmm. it's not exactly an abortion in mm -hmm. the same way that it's, it's a different medical procedure altogether. And I, this, I, I need to find it, but this, this girl um, who is a doctor and pro-choice laid it out on TikTok, And I was like, I didn't expect you to say that number one and number two. Yeah. We need to call it something else because that's not what that is. And right. one, one of the things uh, they were like, Oh, well, there's this, I forget which state it was. They're saying that you can't get an abortion for, ectopic pregnancies and it's like that's not even the law they just said you can't prescribe abortion pills to these women because it will hurt them it'll cover mm -hmm. the symptoms of an ectopic pregnancy and they'll still they still may rupture they still mm -hmm. will need a, a, a thing and, and so it's just wild reading the bill versus reading what's being said about it right just insane well, it's that, that's another fair point to bring up is about, um, you know, reading the uh, actual opinions put out by the Supreme Court versus reading what the articles say about it, because there's actually a lot of good ethical or rather not ethical legal reasons for them overturning Roe v. Wade, that if Roe v. Wade had been codified into law, that it would have had a more legal standing, but it didn't. They didn't do that with it. Yeah. So. Honestly, I, I think that there, this fight, as far as the legality of abortion federally, is not over yet. I think that no. they will come at it from another angle, a maybe a more sturdy legal angle. They'll have more of a sturdy platform because even Ruth Bader Ginsburg herself said that the Roe v. Wade legislation was not strong, that it would not stand the test yeah. of time and that it would be overturned. And she was proven right. And I know that if I were still on the pro-choice side, I would be thinking very strongly about, okay, what mistakes were made with the Roe v. Wade legislation? And how can we go forward in the future to ensure that that becomes enshrined in constitutional law? That's something that I don't think the protesters now understand, is that that wasn't done. Right. It was shaky legal ground. So it wasn't if you even really... shaky. It was poorly argued. It was... Sure. Sure. I mean, it was yeah. just a bad thing. And people said that immediately after it was written. Like, this is bad. This isn't going to last. This is right. bad precedent. Um, and so it's it's wild to watch just because there's a, there's a lot of bad precedent going on. And you're going to see people um, on the pro-life side and on the pro-choice pro side saying – uh, trying to get bills put in to legalize it across all 50 states and ban it across all 50 states on the other mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. But that's neither of those options are are legal constitutionally either. It, it's kind of it's infuriating. It's the purview of the federal government. I'm almost kind of angry from a retroactive side of a person who used to be pro-choice, watching the way that the pro-choice movement is operating in light of this and how um, in Michael Miles's original person who said this to credit him that the progressive left in no way prepared their base for the fact that this was possible, yeah. that the overturning of that it came as a complete shock to everyone. And I think it was a major failing on their part not to make their supporters aware of why this was a shaky law, why it was so easy to overturn, nor have any kind of plan in place for what to do if that eventuality happened. And instead, we're having this um, 
personality campaign in the media scrambling to paint the picture that all of these states that are now you know banning uh, elective abortions are going to be piss testing you for pregnancy at the state yeah. borders which is a ridiculous that's an insane <laughs> nonsense claim they couldn't even get people to take covid tests you think they're going to stop women at the borders of tennessee to piss test them are you out of your minds yeah so, well and, and 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 look at the people who are saying oh well that means that women who've had miscarriages are going to be investigated for murder and it's like you know that the two things that they said recently happened with that were both women who'd gotten caught by police already and were high on meth and their children mm -hmm, were born mm -hmm. meth babies mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or would have been born meth babies but they died right. due to methamphetamine use right. right and it's like you're not you're not making a cogent argument you're not using facts you're just telling stories and hoping people believe them it's it's sort of interesting i think they would if i were on the pro-choice side i would attack it from the angle of proving the personhood of a fetus like it i don't know i just i would i would use different arguments i think then you know it's just my right to do this without you know um it's destructive to their own argument to say that consequence free sex is some kind of constitutional right. And that's what I think the argument has boiled down to is that, well, I should be able to do whatever I want for as long as I want without any kind of consequences, even natural biological ones that, you know, because then it's like, oh, you're forcing me to give birth. No, birth and pregnancy are natural consequences of human sex. That's not something that anyone has forced upon you it's a choice you made when you decided to have sex and are we failing our young people this badly if we've convinced them that procreation is not the result of sexual activity like where's the where's the problem here did we not have that class in school i signed the i got the permission slip signed i i heard the story i know how it <laughs> happens yeah she saw real sex 24. i did it's 25. Whatever. I'm that's where, where non-Christian kids got their sex education from was HBO had a show on in the 90s. It was called Real Sex and it was on really late at night. And it was it um was basically like a documentary that kind of went through these are what prostitutes are, and this is what drag queens are. And I would remember being like 13 or 14 and being like, that's interesting. Because no one had ever told me these things. And so HBO, like exposed me to the ways of the world but they did it in a very like documentary style um uh, way i don't know it was educational <laughs> for what it was <laughs> well i mean i i was surprised to learn that apparently this friday there's going to be a 15-week ban in florida i didn't know that was that was going to happen at all i you know i don't i know that desantis is in charge here but i i thought it was more purple than 15 weeks you know, but I think whatever. <laughs> cool. We'll I'm see. sorry. My, 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 my microphone went out for a second. So I'm kind of like, okay, I missed the last couple of minutes. If you ask oh, me something, um, <laughs> you know, I, I did, um, Abby Johnson, uh, wrote that, um, when we were talking about, um, the treatment for an atopic pregnancy, mm -hmm. um, yeah. The, and she actually gave me, the, or put the words down, it's a, see, I'm not a medical person, okay, um, salpin, a stuck, 
I should just text these to you, Cam, and then maybe <laughs> you can say them. You're better at that. But um, they, they don't even call it an abortion, this stuff. Right. And, and, and it's always life of the mother. Yeah, I'm going to mm -hmm. go ahead and just text this to you, Cam, so that you can see if you can pronounce it. Because yeah. What we were talking about while you were um, gone was actually like there are a lot of myths that are being perpetuated by the media that suggest a bunch of things about, you know, the overturning or the different laws that the different states are enacting that are just kind of ridiculous. One of them, I'm not sure if you heard it or not, Cindy, was that they were going to stop women at the border and um, test them I for haven't. pregnancy. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean, yeah, that that's just ludicrous. I mean, they're just making stuff up. They're grabbing for straws. Um mm -hmm. And I mean, I, you just look at and read some of this stuff and some of the arguments and I'm like, they're, they're not logical, you know, they're not based in fact. So you can't argue from that perspective. You have to look at it in, in an emotional way and see if you can help them get to a better place. But you're making some really good points. There are some people, and I know it, I've, I've, I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen people out on the streets, you know, protesting and stuff. And they're not going to listen to a word we say. And yeah. I think you've got a really good point. You know, um, we can be as loving and caring. But if there's a woman out there who's had an abortion and she needs help, you know, I, hopefully, you know, she, she'll stop when she's around her 30s, gets usually in their 30s. And they'll say, hey, why am I acting this way? Why am I so angry? Why is this happening in my life? You know, is there something to this? I always thought the abortion was a, a great thing. But in my life, when I went back to my abortion, I realized at that point it changed my whole life because I didn't trust my decisions anymore. I started having nightmares. I didn't know what the nightmares were. There were a lot of things that happened. I didn't know related to the abortion. So a lot of this emotion that's coming out are women who probably have had abortions and they don't know what to do with all this emotional buildup that's going right. on. And that's why we're here to say, hey, bring it. You know, let's talk it through. Let's see if I can help you. You know, and yeah. there are several people that can reach out. You know, it's not just us. Go ahead. Right. Well, and, and that's that's the interesting thing to me is you you see these arguments happen and you see one half of people saying, oh, you're just this is just a religious argument. This is just a religious thing that you're talking about. It's not an argument outside of that. Um, and it's and, you know, that's not true. Most of the people that you hear talk about this are making points out of biology. They're pointing you to, to medical stuff. They're pointing you to DNA and all of these different things. And I, I, I just, you have to wonder, because I think at some point, probably in the 80s, it was just a religious conversation. But it has grown. It has evolved. Yes. There are secular pro-life organizations. There are atheist pro-life organizations. There are all sorts of them. And they're they're all based in biology. And the, the argument... Feminist pro-life organization. Yes. yes. Yeah. It needs to be said, yeah. Yes. But a lot of this is a philosophical argument when you boil it down. It mm -hmm. just has physical ramifications. And so, like, people are arguing about whether or not it's a life, but throwing them in the, your opposition into the camp of 
this is just religious or um what's the what's the opposite of that what are they saying what would we, what would we say about them um i i've noticed recently the argument is the the devaluation of human life that yeah you know there there are certain people that have always been thought of as less than human mm -hmm. and just by society standards this kind of person is less than human and that is just the next iteration of less than right. human so this is what i what, this is what i meant um so like we could very easily write them off in any argument by saying this is an emotional argument and a selfish argument for you to have the sex that you want and mm -hmm. with no repercussions right mm -hmm. and then they would say this is just a, a religious argument you're just trying to push religion down my throat but that's that's like the the those are the edges those are the people who are not going to talk at all. If we want to have a conversation about this, we have to get into, like you said, the same definitions. What is life? When does it start? Where's the, when's the DNA come into play? But beyond that, it's a philosophical argument. Right. And you're, you're not going to shake some people from thinking that um, fetuses aren't human or embryos aren't human. Or they'll send a picture of a, um, there's a, send a picture of like a pig fetus. And they'll be like, you shouldn't abort this. And they're like, oh, it's not actually human. It's pig. These are like, they're dumb arguments. If we want to have the conversation, let's have the conversation. Let's agree on terms and then have the philosophical debate that we want to have. And if we cannot find middle ground, if we do not feel like we can live with each other, we need to separate because you're not going to have people who don't who think that this is murder, want to live next to and have to be around and perhaps pay for in some way murder. And on, in the same way, you're not going to want people who think it's just a choice and it's the woman's right to bodily autonomy or whatever. They're not going to accept or be happy about the, the, the other, the opposite end. Well, so this is kind of, I guess, what I wanted to ask any, um, in a post row world, which we've suddenly found ourselves thrust into does that change the mission are we the the mission always seemed to me the overturning of roe v wade, roe v wade the pro-life mission was the overturning of roe v wade we've gotten to that point does the mission change now what does it look like going forward and did you have any thoughts on that well i i that may be the mission for a lot of folks um, but as far as the pregnancy centers, as far as abortion recovery programs, we've got our work cut out for us that we're going to have an influx of people coming in. Mm -hmm. We're going to have moms coming in that need help and we are just beefing it up and all the pregnancy resource centers are just, you know, and the people are starting to volunteer more. People are starting to send money. Um, mm -hmm. of course there's some of it's, earmarked for security unfortunately but <laughs> the church is stepping up so as far as that we still have um 62 million babies that have been aborted which means there's 62 million moms out there that are going to need ministry so my ministry will never go away um mm -hmm. not in my lifetime um and I think that the pregnancy centers will be even more. Now, as far as on the legal side of it, um, actually, I have a meeting Friday with a lawyer and he's going to kind of explain that part of it. So I can't really speak to that now, but mm -hmm. I, I do know that 
there what what I have heard from this this lawyer that's um he said that or one of the pro-life things I was listening to, he was saying that now that it's a lot of states would not ban abortion or have abortion laws because they knew there was a federal thing that would stop them. So why put the time and the money into passing some kind of law or some kind of ban when it's not going to do any good? Now, a lot of them did go ahead and do it, Alabama being one of them, but there are others who did not. And we think that at this point, there's going to be a lot of people of the states helping the people that want to ban it and other states will be going in and saying, okay, this is, this is how ours is written. This is what we got passed. And, you know, this Mm -hmm. is how, and so they'll just start. I think that that's probably where the legal is going to go, but Mm -hmm. that's just Mm -hmm. my guess, you know, with that. So, because half of, you know, half of the country is still pro that will don't have any kind of bans on abortion. Right. Right. And so you do think or, that it's a lot more states than currently, like there are states that had trigger laws and quite a more, a, a lot more of them than I realized that there were that had these trigger well, laws. Well, now my understanding, and I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but my understanding from what I have, have heard the people say is that there are some states we had laws like Alabama had laws on the books before uh, Roe v. Wade ever. It was already not, it was already against the law. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. we did go in and get a um, a Life Protection Act put in and then Amendment 2 for the Alabama Constitution was changed by our friend Cam Matt Friday. Mm-hmm. And so we have the strongest uh, abortion ban in the United States. But now, so ours was an automatic. Now, there are some states that was like we're like what you said we're triggered it's like Mm -hmm, okay mm -hmm. now we now it goes in so i think what you're seeing is the ones that already had them on the books and then the ones that triggered and then then there are a lot of them out there that would like to go in that direction but they haven't spent the time and money to do so yeah i'm I'm looking at this breakdown of the different states um Mm -hmm. it looks like right now um at least from two days ago it was it's banned in seven states um the there is a ban or severe restrictions coming soon in 10 states it's threatened in 11 and then it's fully legal in 20 other states in dc so i mean it's it's more than half of the the country that's either banning it or trying to and so that's Mm -hmm. it's it almost goes to show that maybe we shouldn't be together yeah i think that i mean we say this like it's some crazy pie in the sky idea, this idea of national divorce. It's sort of a a radicalist idea right now. But if you had told me a year ago that they would be overturning Roe v. Wade in June, I would have thought that you were crazy. I would have thought that you were a radical. So radical things can happen. And I think that because of the fundamental ideological splits that are happening between the people of this country, that the peaceful solution is for us to become separate countries. And I don't know if that means four separate countries, three separate countries, a loose confederation of states. I know you're not supposed to say that word, confederation. (laughs) But there are peaceful ways to go about this. We don't have to have a civil war. We don't have to create a situation where 
50 or 49 percent of us are always forced to live under the rule of the other 51 percent that's that's a tyranny of the majority if we're really experiencing this fundamental disagreement about what is life and whether or not that that should have any kind of legal protection that's too fundamental of a difference i think to remain citizens of the same country just personally i i know that there are others who would see the breaking up of America as a truly, you know, sad or loathsome event. And I understand that because of the nostalgia that we bear for our, our country. But is the other option that we should have another civil war? Is that really like, cause that's where all of this leads. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read what mom sent before about ectopic pregnancies. Okay. Um, the okay. treatment, the treatment for an ectopic pregnancy is a salpingostomy, salpingectomy, lep, or laparoscopy. The treatment for a septic uterus is antibiotics or delivery. The treatment for a miscarriage that your body won't release is typically, um, or is either cy cytotech tablets or a DNC. Both are allowed and not considered abortion because if you have miscarried, then your child has died already. Uh, an, ab an abortion is when you terminate the life in the womb. So, and I, I think that, that was fair enough. Yes. Yeah, I think that that's the the main point is that, well, like the atopic pregnancy, I'm not sure if that one would still be alive, but if the the that um, atopic pregnancy is in the fallopian tube and if it, the mom or and the baby would both die. So, of course, you've got to go in there and do that. And all of Alabama's laws are uh, for the mother, you know, the life of the mother. And we're not condemning moms. Because these women, if they were anything like me, they're just scared teenagers. And, you know, 80% of them would actually have kept their babies if they had had the support from the their partner or from yeah. their par parents. But, you know, they, they're, and they bought the lie that, you know, that they can go and do this and you're taking care of something. It seems like an easy thing. And that you're going to come out and everything's going to go back to normal, but it doesn't. And most women will admit that abortion changes you. Yeah. And will admit that not only does it changes you, but you never forget. Yeah. You never forget that child. So since you've had this happen, seeing what you do and have done my whole life, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for someone for some people to understand my position since I've been in these different areas where I make jokes. So obviously I must be this way or that way. I'm, I'm not, I'm not like Kurt Cameron Christian who can't have fun, you know, like God bless him, but he why. stopped having fun. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, people, people don't really get that. And it's, it's odd. Um, but you've, I've grown grown up around it. I've seen the things. I've seen the studies. I've seen the arguments. I've seen debates. I, this has been something that I've done a lot of research into, and like I've I've seen the outcomes of these things in ways that other people haven't. Like most people, mom, you gave me a unique life when it comes to this mm -hmm. topic. I am not mm -hmm. like most other people when it comes to this, but I'm also mm -hmm. just I don't know, but since you're in your unique place and you help women who've had abortions or and you used to counsel women who are considering abortions 
Um, I'm sure you've had a lot of questions come your way from people who want to know what happens next. Um, and I, we've kind of talked about the law thing or, or what your reaction was or what, um, what this means for you and the people that you work with. And so I'm just curious, are there any questions that have come up since Roe versus Wade was re repealed that people are asking over and over again? Like, are there, are there questions that you feel need to be answered and that you can, you have insight in that other people might not have? Yeah, I have been getting a lot of questions about the atopic pregnancy thing that mm -hmm. that's been a big one. Um, um, and I and I guess really that's the one that I've gotten the most. Um, and, and, and whether it's life of the mother, life of the mm -hmm. mother kind of deal. Um, and and I don't know any state that it does not take the woman's life into consideration yeah. there's right. no law that i'm aware of out there that doesn't do that um but one of the things you were talking about my experiences i can remember when i was at the pregnancy center and <clears throat> i would always get the women like we had a, a pastor's wife call one time and i was there and they knew i'd had an abortion and um so they had uh, the woman come in. She had just had an abortion. It hadn't been that long. And she came into the center and I'm like, I don't know what I can do, but pray for her and tell her my story and just love on her, you know? And so when she came in, um, the it's like the pastor's wife just did not know what to do with her. And so she came in and we went into the room and she got she got down on her hands and knees and she grabbed me and she said, please pray that God will put the baby back into my womb. God, jeez. That's an incredibly painful thing to hear, especially knowing you can't do anything for her. Yeah. I just hugged her and prayed know that God would help her. And at that point, I wasn't actually doing the uh, abortion recovery. It was just, you know, I was just a counselor at the time um, and had been through recovery. But um, I have known women that have, uh, that was in my class when I very first went through and she could not bond with her living children. And well, she was at never able to have children. That's really the hard part. Do you realize that 30, somewhere around 30% of women will never have but one pregnancy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What if that's the only child you'll ever conceive and you, and you have an abortion? These women come to me and, and I'm like, it's so hard. It's so hard when you see that pain. And I had one woman who had one baby and she said, I won't have any more. She refused to have any more children because she was so afraid that if she had another one, that God would take the, take the other child. Mm -hmm. That she was always waiting for the next shoe to drop. I mean, these women are traumatized by abortion. And a lot of them are just like me. They shoved it down and shoved it down and shoved it down for years. And then, but you know, you can only shove it down for so long, and then it starts bubbling back up again. And then you've got to figure out where these emotions are coming from and deal with them. And the only one that will absolutely 
make any difference is Jesus. And that's where I found my healing. And that's all I have to offer because I know the truth of the word of God. And, um, but I'm here to tell you there is hope, but I'm telling you, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It changes you. It changes the way you feel about yourself. 67% of women that have had an abortion have suicidal thoughts. See, that's what I want to say. I don't want to argue with you whether or not abortion is right. Mm -hmm. I know it's not in my heart. And you've got to deal with these emotions. Let's talk about it. And one of the reasons I think is really huge. And one of the reasons I had an abortion, if it had not been illegal, I don't know if I would have had an abortion because I would have had to consider I was breaking the law. It, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to occur to people that there are people who don't do things because they're illegal. I know that that's kind of an anathema to the libertarian minded person that, well, criminals just commit crimes, whether there's laws or not. Yes, that's partially true. But there is a subsect of society who remains quietly constrained by the force of the law. And whether you like it or not, if you walk around knocking down all of the laws from here to the end of the, the, you know, the end of the coast, you're not going to be able to stand up in the winds that blow after you have knocked down every wall that stands between you and the thing that is quietly constrained by the law and some people. Well, and, and, and I was ahead. just going to say, not to mention, if you look at Roe versus Wade, it forced states who had laws on the books like Alabama to offer this now. And so mm-hmm. whether or not it, it was culturally unsound regardless of law in certain parts of the country. And if, if that hadn't been forced on people throughout the 50 states, then that conversation may not have ever happened because it wouldn't have been an option culturally, but it was Mm -hmm. shoved into the zeitgeist. It was shoved into, and I mean, they used to say safe, legal, and rare, and they won't say that anymore. No, it's, it's uh, unlimited and without apology. I've seen Mm -hmm. the signs that say unlimited and without apology, like for any reason, it's birth control. Well, let me ask this question. If Planned Parenthood, and they have stated that only 3% of their business is abortion, why are they freaking out if they, if they don't, and closing all their centers if, because abortion is not legal anymore? Yeah. Do they not care about giving out contraceptives or... Or they don't, and they don't even really do the mammograms. They the don't do the mammograms. They just refer. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're just shutting down. It's only 3% of their business, but they're shutting down anyway. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if, that, y'all, it's just a thought. If y'all have never le- looked into Margaret Sanger, and I know talking to the two of mm-hmm. you, you both know what I'm talking about. But if you're out there in the world and you just think that like Planned Parenthood and elective abortion is such a great thing. You should look at the people, look into the people who pioneered those ideas in the, this country in the first place and why they were pioneering those ideas. They come from an absolutely white supremacist, racial uh, prejudice. It's some of the most disgusting things you've ever heard. Eugenics. Yeah, there's a, oh. a lot of people in this world that they don't think should exist. And you hear it in their rhetoric, the foster kids, the poor kids. Oh, think about all of the black mothers who won't be able to have abortions. They're listing out to you the people that they don't think should be on the planet. 
And yeah. I, I have a rule that has served me well in my life, which is that when someone tells you who they are, listen to them. They're not joking around. That's who they are. And these are the people they don't want on the planet. And, you know, there's there's other ties to other kinds of ideologies that the abortion movement and the elective, uh, you know, elective abortion mo movement specifically through Margaret Sanger have specific racial biases in this country, which now is so torn apart by its apparent racial bias, but won't look into the idea that these kind of ideas were pioneered to wipe black Americans off the face of this country. And I'm not even, this is not, this is fact. You can go on Wikipedia right now and you could it, it, go a few clicks away and read it, read the writings of these people. It, 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 even back to Darwin, these people are racist and all of these ideologies are specifically anti-black. And so if that's a concern of yours, as a country moving forward that we need to be like inclusive of black people let's try not wiping them off the face of creation let's give that a try and you know i don't know if i if i were seeking to be anti-racist that's maybe a place that i would start well you have to give a lot of credit to alvina king uh martin luther king jr's um uh niece because she had abortions and, you know, she has come out in the black community saying, you guys don't understand. They're trying to kill us and they're doing a pretty darn good job of it because and I don't have it in front of me, but the percentage of abortions compared to the population of black people, they're they're wiping them out. It, it's you know, it's it's horrible. It's horrible. The, the rhetoric states it openly when they talk mm -hmm. about, well, the support, the abortion bans, they'll affect the, the people they'll affect most. They're telling mm -hmm. you the people they want to be having abortions. It's the craziest thing that they say it out loud and no one bats an eye. Did like you that see? dude just said that foster kids don't deserve to be here. <laughs> like, <laughs> Did you see all of the, and it's, it, there's a demographic that is, that pushes it more than any other. And that demographic is liberal white women. Um, but have you seen the tweets that were sent talking about Clarence Thomas calling him the N word, calling him uh, these another slurs and uh, call and others calling some some people in the the black community calling him a uh, house N word and all of this other stuff because of the mask is slipping <laughs> like big it's time. Just, it's wild and it's 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 hard. It's it, I I am not a judgmental or moralizing person i believe in morals and i'll tell you what i believe and i'll tell you what i've seen and what i think um and i'll i'll be clear about it but like i i'm not gonna be going out there calling people those names yeah just because i disagree with them that's wild like I, 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 I took a screenshot just in case that girl ever deleted the tweet because I was like, this is, this is something else. Um, so Twitter, thing, didn't, Twitter didn't make her take the tweet down. No, as far as I know, I, I'll have to check again. But I took a screen. I always take a screenshot just wild. in case. Wild. Um, <laughs> no, it's all over there. Just search for Clarence Thomas. You'll find it. Um, I think it's it's been known a long time. 
when all of this sort of like Black Lives Matter movement stuff had gotten started, I was more to the left on most things. And I saw this current being voiced amongst people that, you know, when the chips are down, these white women will turn on us. <laughs> and I was kind of like, that's sort of racist, isn't it? And then I've been watching, you know, this, the, the way that history has unfolded over the across the last 10 years. And the minute, the minute these liberal white women have something go wrong in their lives, they are dropping N-bombs like they're going out of fashion. <laughs> and it is crazy sauce. Like they're the ones, they're the specifically the ones running around calling everybody else I, well, in the world racist. They, and, they're the ones who tried to cancel Joe Rogan for using it in quotes. For everything. What? Yeah, no, I'm I'm not buying it. It's a cudgel. That, that that claim is a cudgel that they beat people with because people get out of the way for it. Like, I don't want to be considered a racist, so whatever, let me get out of the way. And right. I think that they've overused it to the point where it's not going to work anymore. Because if you really start looking at, like, what are some of the victims of this ideology, it, it's not actually, you know, it, it's not them that's having their uh, young people wiped off the face of the planet. It, it's, it's all of the people they list when they talk about who will be affected by abortion bans. It's people of color. It's poor people, kids in foster care, all of the supposed victims. Those are the people that they're eugenically trying to wipe off the map through this process of abortion. But again, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to put too much of a tinfoil hat on, but there, there have been very wealthy people from the very inception of this country who've had that as their stated purpose, that they're going to wipe poverty off the map. And I don't think they're going to do it by ending poverty they're going to do it by ending the people they think yeah look at um was it is it denmark i think that claim it's one of the nordic countries that claimed that they had essentially no gotten rid of down syndrome and how did they do that they didn't heal down syndrome they didn't no, find they didn't. preventative care to 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 take, make it so that down syndrome doesn't happen anymore no they aborted most down syndrome babies that's and how I they know got rid of Down syndrome. I know a lot of women, just personally know a lot of women who were told in pregnancy that their baby would have Down syndrome and then the baby was born and it did not have Down syndrome. And they think some people think that can be as much as two out of three cases where the doctors tell you that your child will wow. have Down syndrome. So how many children are aborted because the mother is afraid of having a child with Down syndrome who wouldn't have Down syndrome in the first place? And, you know, that's, this is eugenics to, to wipe a person off the map because they would otherwise have a, a, a medical problem is eugenics. That's, that's what Hitler would have wanted. Congratulations. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Wild times. Yeah, we do. We live in wild times. I'm surprised um, we're allowed to say so. We're not going to be allowed to say so for very much longer. <laughs> Mark my words on that. I will say um, one of the fun things that I've seen like on TikTok and on Twitter are these women who are protesting and are making videos to protest. Um, one of the most uh, recent ones I saw, there, there are two ones that I keep hearing repeated. Um, one of them was, hey, guys, men, don't you know that if if um, if abortion goes away everywhere, then so will casual sex and and hookup culture. 
and I'm like, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> like, what do you, what do you try, what are you doing here? Like, and that's, then that's was, so good for society, right? That right. has been so good, good for us. And then this other girl gets on there and she goes, you know what you should do? Uh, girls in states that can't have abortions anymore. As soon as that baby's born, after it's born, find a pro-lifer who says they care and then drop that baby off at their doorstep. Bet. Bring it. Do it. Bring it. I'm Bring literally- it. Can you literally just drop a baby off on my doorstep? Do you understand how hard it is to have a baby? Some, some people are hard. Can you just drop a baby off at my doorstep, please? Right. Well, so so dropping babies off at doorsteps, and um, there's there's sex um, strikes that they're talking about, um, which are only going to affect mostly liberal men, and I don't think that's going to change anything. Uh, but they're also saying hookup culture is gone. It's that's like we're going to punish you. Pregnant, by the way, is to not have sex. So right. bravo. Yeah, we're going to punish you by being exactly what you want us to be. More moral. <laughs> Wild. You know, one of the things, too, I wanted to go back and visit for just a moment was that you were talking about the safe and legal abortion. And um, I had one lady... Um, and, and, and I don't want to judge women that have had multiple abortions. I've right. had several women come through my classes that have had multiple abortions. And once you've had the first one, you're 30% more likely to have another one because, oh, crisis pregnancy, this is what I do. It's just like a natural, okay, this is what I do. So right. I don't judge women that have had multiple abortions. But I had one lady, and, and, and she was a black lady, um, and she went through. She had multiple abortions, but she actually went in with the last one, and she wanted that baby. She wasn't going to have it aborted, but, and there was some, she was having some spotting or something. She went to the hospital, and when she came out, she wasn't pregnant anymore. Yeah. There are- but that's speaking to what you're talking about. Somebody just decided, really, uh, that's the first one I'd heard. I was just floored. No, no, no. It's unfortunate. Um, this is this is getting into some dark territory here, but there are women who were um, non-English speaking women. So you're talking about women who have come up here from like Mexico, Honduras, you know, anywhere in South America, um, who go to the hospital and are they're having trouble with their pregnancy, they're, you know, all of these things, and then they come out and they're not pregnant anymore. And there are programs that existed for a while in some states that basically condoned if a woman is, you know, they, so the, the legal language they would use to get around it is to say that she's like indigent or not a fit mother or, you know, she doesn't even speak English. We're talking, you know, a good 50 wow. or so years ago. So it could be very easy to declare a woman who is from a foreign country you know, not not a fit mother, and therefore we have the legal right to abort her baby, and that occurred. That. Yeah, um, I think uh, especially affected were Native American populations, and so there's always been like a eugenics or extermination aspect that has kind of ridden sidecar to abortion ideology, and so I mean, it's just to say that this wow. kind of thinking has been to the benefit of women really just shows an ignorance of the history of how these kind of 
programs got started in our country. And it's really only a cursory Google search away to understand <laughs> this, this sort of like scientific racism aspect that undergirded a lot of these elective abortion programs. So well, I just encourage people to, to search the history. It's right there out in the open. All you have to do is read about it. Yeah, and, and if you, I mean, look at um, how things have shifted because, you know, if you if you look at certain places in the country, there are abortion clinics that are disgusting, dirty, small, don't have trained staff, don't have a doctor there every day. Like if you look at these places, the whole safe part of it is not always there. Right. And then, and so, and so since it's such a, it's been such a right up until this point, you have people like Kermit Gosnell out there who, who runs an abortion clinic. Most of the girls and nurses that help him do these abortions are like, under like 15 16 years old or yeah. not nurses whatsoever and every time he does an abortion do you know what he does do you know what this man does and doesn't get questioned on it until he's caught red-handed he cut off the feet as trophies what <laughs> i can't and this <laughs> flew under the radar i because can't abortion was a right and I'm just wow. saying, that obviously, we're having a new conversation now. There's that's a new serial killer stuff. That's really like, that's not normal. Keeping tr that's not. Mm -mm. But what happened he, to that guy? What's his name? Gosnick. Gosnell. Gosnell. G O S N E L L. There's actually a movie for years. Yeah, Nick Cersei made a movie about it. <gasps> um. Oh my. But no, goodness. yeah, he went years doing that and you know what i've questioned it mm -mm. no sir is that dude still alive he's in he's in prison yeah well thank god for that so that's what Put i'm saying with him for five gonna knock down all the laws in the world and people like that are gonna collect foot trophies and wear them around on necklaces people you don't understand this is yeah, a good thing yeah uh, it, in the very least if you are pro-choice i wish you wouldn't be but if you are pro-choice this is a new conversation. We get to have the conversation. We get to have the debate again. Yeah. So take advantage of that. Listen to your enemy. They're probably not even your enemy most of the time. Listen mm -hmm. to what they're saying. Listen to their, their way. And don't go in with preconceived notions as to what you want to believe. Take an honest look at the evidence. Take an honest look at the science. I agree. Don't just make arguments that have nothing to do with the topic at hand. It doesn't matter whether or not I'm Christian or not. I'm talking to you about a human life that is life because it is both human, genetically speaking, and growing because it's alive. It's literally alive. Yeah. The like, Christian thing is really kind of a cop out too. Because it's, it's not Yeah, there are there are so many people who are pro life who aren't Christian. So it's just not it's not really an argument to me. It's like, okay, then what? Like, fine, okay, I agree, I'm Christian. Now what? Like, that means that you automatically, I'm convinced by what you've said because you've been named this name. No, you actually have to do the convincing. So, like, start start from the precept that you know that we believe that fetuses are living human lives, yeah. unique individual human lives with unique DNA from the moment of conception. And, and then go from there. Yeah, and not to mention, we had Kat Kattinson 
on our show years ago, uh, not years ago, a couple months ago. <laughs> Feels like years, years, doesn't it? A couple <laughs> months ago. And she is a detransitioner. She transitioned to male and then came back and we talked about her story. And one of the things I, I talked about with her and why I wanted to talk with her was this is a people, a small group of humans that the um, transgender community and activists want to pretend doesn't exist, want to mm -hmm. pretend that nothing they say is valid, etc. And the other group I can think of off the top of my head that's treated the same way are women who have had abortions and regret them. Right. These are people that they do not want you to listen to. And so anyone out there who's listening to this, probably not now because if you're pro-choice, I don't I don't think you stuck around. If you did, talk no, to talk to, definitely took off. <laughs> talk to a woman who has had an abortion and how it's affected her. Let her tell you her story instead of going into your your talking about rights or freedom or whatever. Let that woman tell you her story and then tell me that it was not harmful to women to women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell me that then. But they do not want these women to talk. And that is an injustice. OK, so we did have a couple of questions pop up in the chat. I want to ask our our last big question and some other stuff uh, but we're before about your poor voice that. goes out because i can hear it it's hard <laughs> it's 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 not easy yeah. um because i have to keep pushing past it um is there anything else that you want to mention i know i have so let me do this first before i ask you that um for one if you would like to follow my mom on twitter i don't think she tweets uh you can go to at cindy harless one um, and talk to her there. And if you if you have a need, if you if there's something um, that you need to talk about, or if you're considering an abortion, or you're you've had one and you need help, consider talking to her there. Um, she's also all over Facebook. Um, if you, but the best place is probably her website, abortionrecoveryalabama.org, and that is if you're an Alabama native. She would be more than happy. I know because she's my mother. I can speak for her in this to connect. <laughs> you with someone in your state that you could talk to one-on-one -on -one, face to face i don't see any i don't see her saying no to that so if you want to reach out to her on there i know she'll make some connections for you um, but if you're in the moment right now and you're freaking out and you need help and you're considering it and you're in pain and you're scared and you have a lot of people talking to you about what you should or should not do um, you can go to internationalhelpline.org or call them at 866-482-5433. And you can talk to someone who's going to help you and listen to you and help you walk through this situation. Just like there is a suicide hotline, this exists. And this is needed and people need to have someone to talk to. Write that number down. Share it with whoever needs it. Put it in your phone in case you run into someone or someone in your family may end up needing Good it. Idea. I will repeat that number again for anyone who's listening rather than watching and seeing it scroll down the uh, the page there. Uh, but if you go to internationalhelpline.org or you can call 1-866-482-5433, which 5433 is life, right? Okay. Cool. Um, I know that because of our church's phone number. Um, but um, yeah, so... Is there anything that you want to, mom, that you want to share about this situation, about where you are now, about anything? 
before we get to some questions from the chat and um, some fun questions just from me. Um, one of the the things that I want be to people to be aware of is um, there's an organization out there called um, And Then There Were None, and um, it talks about the it's for people that are in the abortion clinics and they want to come out of the abortion clinics and they help them find a job and get out. But when I went to a conference last year, I was able to hear these ladies tell me exactly or tell us exactly what was going on in the abortion centers themselves. And they have had rusty instruments. They, um, one lady said all they use was a fab fabluso fabluso clen yeah fabulous yeah. that's it yeah <laughs> yeah that purple I know yeah. that one they sell it at the yeah. dollar store the dollar 25 yeah. store that is yeah <laughs> it's gone up <laughs> um so uh, that that's what they use to clean the instruments i mean it's not safe there, there are lawsuits. There are women that die at abortion. You think you're going in for a simple abortion and you don't. There was a woman that I, I that came to us and we, uh, she went in, she was her second child. They told her, and you were talking about abnormalities or something wrong with the baby. They sent her to where you called today, West Alabama. Mm -hmm. When she got there and it's, it's, it's public cause it's, it's a, a case. And when she got there, um, she she is a um, medical person and she knew something was wrong and she kept telling them something was wrong. She kept passing out. They refused to call the ambulance because they don't want the bad publicity. And she finally, after the third time of insisting they got an ambulance, she almost lost her life. But mm. she did lose her did lose her womb. Mm. Yeah. Well, and, and, and another and I, I, lady died there just last July. It's been two years now in July. Yeah, I, I can't name names because this is not my story. Um, but there was a guy I knew um, during my college years. He wasn't fr from college, but I knew him during that time. And um, his girlfriend um, got pregnant and they both agreed to have an abortion. And they gave she had the, the abortion and she sat in the recovery area for what two hours or something afterwards i forget what the timing was and they were like everything's great go home and then um i think it was just several hours later there was a hemorrhage that they didn't mm. notice they didn't mm -hmm. see mm -hmm. and um that girl didn't make it yeah and because there weren't doctors that were looking after her. They were doing a procedure and moving her on. It's five minutes. They treat you like cattle. Yep. Um, so all I'm saying is, you know, of course, there are going to be these issues in every, everything. There's all sorts of medical malpractice across the oh, country. Yeah. That's, a, that's a whole other episode we could get into. Third yeah. leading cause <laughs> of death. But, but it's just, I'm just saying that people want to pretend like it's clean. Like it's easy that it's safe um and they're going around telling men to have um vasectomies because yeah, it's i did say that not <laughs> always like yeah. I, I i went to a vasectomy consultation a couple days ago and the doctor was like if you do this we say it's reversible but it might not be 
There's yeah. no guarantee that it can be reversed. And That's people are acting like just like just like with abortion, they're acting like, oh, this is this is easy. This is simple. You can just it's uh, medically illiterate people making points and pushing an agenda is all I'm saying. Yeah. But we, we, we have to stop pretending that this is a clean and safe thing in any case. I mean, it, it can be safer in some places, but you've, you run the gamut between, I mean, money, right. these are, these are not just people who want to help. These are greedy people. Hmm. And if you have oh, ever funny. seen some of these people at their conferences and how they talk, you would be disgusted by how they talk about things. Like, it, like I don't know how a human being says some of the stuff I've heard. Like They usually like said, hate women. They usually hate and disgust women. Well, they're, they're women. Disgusted by women. They were, they were women. Those were women. Oh, okay. Were it's usually women. men. Um, but yeah, okay, sorry. I, I find this interesting. I think we're in an interesting place in history. And half the people are talking about civil war, and I don't think I hope civil war doesn't happen. Um, but I do hope that this is just another proof that we don't. I I don't need California deciding for me what we do in Florida. Yeah. I don't need New York deciding what happens in Alabama. New I really York doesn't do. need Alabama deciding things for them either. Yeah. Yeah. We're different countries, and I think if we recognize that, we could come to a peaceful solution. If we like, you really sit down and think about it, you know in your heart that Georgia and California are different countries, and that should be okay. Instead of like trying to subjugate one another according to each other's wishes, I'm pro-life. I don't want there to be abortion. That seems to be the majority opinion here in Georgia, and you're in California, and you want there to be abortion. Put an abortion water slide in California. That's your country. You do what you want over there. And the people who don't have those values come over here. Federalism was supposed to work that way. We're supposed to be a loose confederation of uh, autonomous states. And the closer we can get to that, the more we can have a peaceful resolution between us. And so this is our way out of civil war. If we really don't want to end up having to fight each other for dominance, we have to agree to let each other live lives of different values. And in my case, that means being okay with California having more abortion access than they do now. And yeah. knowing that- And still in Georgia, spreading we, the message. Education still, is key. It should become unthinkable. And maybe maybe over time, the the fruits of that will become so apparent that no one will think to do such a thing again. So, you know, we're talking we're talking from the perspective of somebody else's past. And maybe yeah. in the future, if if what I believe to be true about abortion is true, that will become apparent in time and people yeah. will abhor the practice. Well, can I just say something on a spiritual level? Yeah. I believe that as we have lifted this evil of abortion off of our land that the states and, and and we'll see if it proves out okay but i think the states that have um uh banned abortion i think god is going to start prospering them i think they're going to start seeing more well i don't think we'll see as many murders in the streets i think that everything is going to kind of turn around a little because we've lifted this evil off of our land now, I, I can't say that for the ones that are, you know, abortion sanctuary cities and oh. states and oh, that you, kind of thing. 
did you hear what Biden has apparently floated according to people in his administration mm -hmm. going into federal lands and reds in red states and setting up um, abortion clinics? And, I did hear that somewhere. And tents, allegedly. Yeah, like like that what? would attract bears. <laughs> right. <Damn. laughs> that will definitely attract bears. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. I really don't think they need to do that in Alabama. Yeah, well, and it's, yeah no. I, I, mm -mm. Um, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> like, like, a, like a mash tent, but for abortions. And they're like right. helicoptering. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and, and I have heard that a lot of pro-life people are leaving those companies that are, are providing... Are flights to states that will perform abortions. I've heard a lot of pro-life people. Are because quitting. if they pay for your abortion, they don't have to pay for your maternity leave. Like think about it from a financial perspective. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. There's wow. Absolute, absolutely financial incentive for Amazon or whoever it was wants to pay for your abortion because that's a lot cheaper than paying, you know, your maternity leave for six months. That's crazy. Yeah. I haven't even thought about the money part. <laughs> always always think about the money. money part. It's always about money. <laughs> um, they don't care. Just like they have rainbow flags on their uh, logos right now because it's Pride Month. They don't care about gay people. They care about money. And yeah. Yeah, it's like Disney. They they care about racism and all of that. <laughs> but if you if you see any yeah. poster that has a black character on the poster in America, that poster in China is magically black personless. They erase the black person. That's freaking wild. I will show I will show you. It's it's crazy. Um but yeah, no, we're I, I think we probably need to uh, wrap, wrap it up. It up. Um, yeah. um, there, there are some people in the comments who have asked questions. If you're still here and want to ask my mom or me or Jessica questions, uh, go ahead and throw those in the comments. Um, if you're rude to my mother, I will just block <laughs> you from my, my channel forever. I just need you to know that. Um, but beyond that, I do want to get through this. The first question that we saw was like immediate and, uh, Colonel Angus asked, question for Cindy, has Cam always been like this? <laughs> bald? No, he's not always been bald. That's a recent occurrence. <laughs> has he always been precocious and smart? And yes, yes, he has. Yes, she he has. burned you good. That was good. I, I am bald. <laughs> Um, that yeah. that uh, well, I mean, I, I've always been <laughs> precocious and a joker and all that, but I was very, very shy as a child. That is different. You know, like I'm not, I'm not that. Let's see if I can find any. I see a bunch of questions that were directed at other people in the chat. Um, but let me, let me, okay. Here's one. Is Cam pro-life? Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always have been, always will be. Um, let's see. Well, I'll ask you a question while, or if you have any que random questions for her about me or anything else, Jessica, you can ask her that while I'm looking for these. Um, oh, I don't I'll know. Have a question for her. <laughs> <clears throat> um, 
that kind of puts me on the spot. <laughs> well, let me <laughs> let me put mom on the spot. And I think I may have asked her this last time, but I'll ask it again. Um, what's your favorite thing about me? Well, I was thinking about that today. And I mm -hmm. was going to tell a story because I think it's a cute little story. When we, he was about two or three years old, we lived in an apartment and we were on the upper level. And of course, I went to the grocery store and of course he wanted to carry in some of the groceries, you know, because he's a little boy and he wanted to help. So it was around Christmas time. And as he's climbing the steps, he gets up to the, the little turn thing to go up and he throws a bag of hot dog buns over his shoulder. And he says, ho, 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 Merry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> It was just the cutest little thing. <laughs> so Cam has guess, always Christmas more than anything. Yes, he's yeah. he's, he's a big Christmas guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that was I just a cute it. story I thought of today. <laughs> I I've never met anyone who loved Christmas to the point of aggression, and I think that Cam loves <laughs> to the point of aggression. You've never been to the Philippines. Well, um, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's another question. Uh, are all three of you pro-life? Yes. Okay. Um, that wasn't a very see. good question. <laughs> I see some of my friends on here. Hey, Tina. Uh, Hi, um, Tina. So Colonel asks, um, how was your pride month, mom? <laughs> it's like this. <laughs> <laughs> I have learned this month that God's rainbow has six colors. Now that was six. And that the pride people have seven. I'm sticking to the six. And I, God called and he said, hey, I want my rainbow back. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was really corny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Um, well, I'm Cam's mom. So there's yeah. the corny. All right, so uh, Cam, some of these people are saying Twitter? they remember you when you were little, Cam. We'll get there. I'm I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Uh, Cam, oh, okay. did you see that Twitter threat thread I tagged you in? No. Um, oh my God. Is Cindy gone? I was going to ask her why she named her son after Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> so I irony, irony Go ahead. about I know what being you're about on Tucker Carlson. The biggest irony I've ever seen. Yes is um i was waiting and i was listening and i heard um kurt cameron on the show and my mom has always told me um yeah well you were named after kurt cameron because he was just so cute and i always <laughs> like thought she was just joking and so i texted her and i'm like hey i'm about to go on this news channel right after kurt cameron who apparently i'm his namesake is that really true and it is. That <laughs> you were named after Kirk Cameron? I sure was. <laughs> Wild and crazy stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just saw the name going up in the credits. And I thought, yeah, I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> what was it? Growing Pains he was on? Yeah, yeah I love I loved Growing The biggest bummer about um, him was it was like, he was very funny on that show and he had that Christian experience when you get saved 
went, but you stopped doing the funny, you stopped doing the jokes. And it was always so sad to me because I was like, I, you used to be so much fun to watch. And now I like some of the stuff that you do, but it's like, I'd love to see you be funny again. Like I, that's got a new movie life. out about homeschooling right now. Hmm. Well, I would, I would say that sounds interesting, but it doesn't. <laughs> a, movie, a movie about homeschooling. <laughs> I'm not really sure where they go with it, but yeah, there's something, something there. <laughs> All right, let's see. I'm scrolling back down. Do, 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 do. Any more questions? Do I see any questions? Um, let's see. Okay, here we go. I see Quest. Uh, ba, ba, ba. Uh, I, I love I'm Quest. I'm just now seeing these. I know. It did I Cam know. evidence a hatred for the Washington Post as a baby? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. As he would, no, I can't say that because you never took a bottle. <laughs> Always love the boobies. <laughs> I did take a bottle once you put tea hey, in. Hey, Cody. I, no, it was apple juice and water. You know, back in the day, we could rot your teeth before you had them. I don't know. They don't let them do, let you do that anymore. So, oh, we're doing it too. <laughs> um, no, I, we, I, I, I'm we, just jealous, Cody. I'm just jealous that he was able to be on Tucker Carlson, and I want to know how to get on there too. Because make a joke about. I'm a weirdo. I love Tucker Carlson. Well, um, you're not a weirdo. You're just well, a boomer. You know, yeah, I, uh, okay. I, I knew <laughs> when all of this first happened. I asked him if he told his mom. I was like, "Have you told your mom yet?" And he's like, "No, I don't. I don't. I don't feel the need to tell her at this point." And then when he was going to be on Tucker, I was like, "Well, you got to tell her. She's going to be so proud of you." Like, and I'm like, "I already have." Right. <laughs> <laughs> it um, was Tucker. Yeah. Um, that or Laura Ingram, either one. I was in the game. That was the most surreal day that cam know, right? was on tucker carlson i woke up the next morning like did that really happen <laughs> that was crazy do you think he's watching tonight no <laughs> <laughs> um, i hope all right, tucker so carlson is doing way better things with his time <laughs> than watching our podcast um all right uh tina asks are you still at save a life no, I have my own ministry now. I ha I'm at Abortion Recovery Alabama. We have 10 um, small groups that we have throughout Alabama. Um, where, well, Central Alabama, um, where we um, teach forgiven and set free. You remember cool. Tina? She's so sweet I remember and beautiful. the name, but I, I yeah. was, how old was I? Because Save a Life was a long time ago. That's true. How old was he, Tina? I don't know. Little, um, but little, also, little guy. Save Life was very memorable because y'all would have a banquet every year. And what day would that banquet <laughs> be on every year, Mama? October the 14th, your birthday. <laughs> every year. Every, every year. year. All right. Uh, another question for Cindy. Um, do you think with this being passed, more conservatives will support food stamps and Medicaid? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm I'm out of my my league on that kind of stuff. Well, I think if we're looking at conservatism now, it's we're it's a, we're in a very different place than we were in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. We're in the we're in 2022. Um, you the the conservatives have fractured. There's the um, 
the DeSantis wing, which is a continuation of the Trump wing, but maybe stronger. We'll see how that goes. Um, then you've got the uh, boomer cons, which are not boomers. That's just what you call uh, essentially young people who act like boomer conservatives, like they mm -hmm. were back in 2000, the 2000s. Um, they're not, I don't think they're any more Mitt Romney conservatives. I don't think that that's a thing. I think that they're, they, I, I think that they're dying out in a big way. Um, I would say that? probably not. I don't, I don't think there's going to be a lot of change for that, but I do think that conservatives in politics will be willing to use that as a bargaining chip so that we don't lose or not we, so that the country doesn't lose this victory in Roe versus Wade. You know, I, I had always kind of had this idea in my mind, for example, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, I think she supports Medicare for all, but mm -hmm. also supported ending the war in Afghanistan. And I thought at the time when the war was still continuing, I thought, gosh, I would I would trade that if it were end the war right now, but Medicaid for all, I'd make that bargain. Like I, you know, just when I think about those kinds of things. So if the bargain were end Roe v. Wade, but increase food stamps, I would make that bargain. Now, I'm probably not what anyone would consider a conservative in any way. Um, but if it, if that were the, I am pro-life. So if that were the bargain, that if you ended abortion, ended uh, the federal uh, Roe v. Wade, that you would increase food stamps, I would definitely go for that. Um, yeah. I'm fine with that. Well, it's like it's like the conversation about like uh, student loans and student loan forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It's like the problem with what we have right now and the unsustainability of it comes from federal student loans existing. I don't want them to exist. Uh, and I'm not saying this from like a, a per, like a personal or selfish place, but I, I think that it they cause the issues that we have. We, they cause the price of college to mm -hmm. skyrocket. They've caused all of this stuff. If for some reason I had to pay more taxes and let's say I, I didn't have any school debt or anything like that. I do have some, I would pay extra taxes as long as they, if, if they got rid of it, but at the same time discontinued federal student loans completely. But yeah, I, that's, that's, that's the bargain. That's the yeah. bargain. Either that or don't, don't do it. You know what I mean? But there are, like, there, there's always going to be trade-offs. You're never right. going to get that free and perfect uh libertarian anarchist society that you've constructed in your head you you have yeah. to live in the reality that you or live in perfect conservative society or you've constructed perfect conservative society whatever like uh if if you can take a small victory take it you know and wrote uh, the the power to decide abortion legislation going back to the states is a victory for anybody who values decentralization so right. your opinions on abortion aside whether you think it's ethically permissible or not if you are of that libertarian anarchist type vein and you think that uh the state shouldn't be in control of everyone's lives decentralization is a victory for that so you can't look at this as anything but a win your uh, your opinion on abortion notwithstanding sorry it's getting late my ability to <laughs> string a sentence together is tenuous <laughs> <clears throat> And my voice is just getting worse. Okay. Uh, so uh, final question that we have, and I'm just going to make you sit through me telling everyone what's going on at the end because I, I can do that. 
um, because this is the only power I have over you. Um, I'm just kidding. You can just leave. It's not like you can't close the window. Um, Threaten to take them out of the world. But as you know, and now our friend Glenn uh, is starting a new YouTube channel, and he's stealing this little portion of our show from us. Okay. Uh, and he said he said it, and he mentioned, but this is this is the part of the show that I think's the most important part of the show most of the time. Most of the time, sometimes we have deep enough stuff that there are other important parts. But we like to uh, goose up the hope, goose up the the idea that we can win, that we can continue going, we can build something beautiful, etc. So uh, a lot of people have been depressed over the last two years. It's been a horrible two years mm-hmm. um, and it's affected me. It's affected everyone. And a lot of people are very desperate and sad. So what is something in it? Well, I mean, I don't know how you answer besides the, in the repeal of Roe versus Wade, but regardless of that, what's something right now that gives you hope and motivation to carry on and keep doing the work that you're doing mm-hmm. and wanting to live and not die in your sleep comfortably. <laughs> um. I, I, to me is I, and I'm going, I see the world is so many things that are crashing down that scripturally, if you, you study in times, mm-hmm. I just feel like my purpose in life right now is to share the gospel with as many people as I can, but because I personally believe that time is short. And so that's why I get up every morning. That's why I want to start these classes because there are people out there that are not believers that don't know about the Lord and they don't understand or they're nominal Christians and they haven't got a really intimate relationship with Jesus. And if I, and and that's what I do. I, I, our Bible study will get you to a place where the gospel is shared but you get to see who Jesus is. It's not a church thing. It's mm-hmm. a relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully I'm modeling that and our facilitators are modeling that. So um, that's my hope. My hope is yeah. that he's going to be coming back soon. I truly believe that. And we need to, we need to occupy until he comes. And maybe I'm that guy that's going to lead the very last person to the Lord before the Lord comes back. Maybe it's me. Yeah. So I got to be sensitive and do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, another question. Do I look more tan? What? Well, you should, because the doctor told you you had to go out into the sun for 30 minutes a day to get your vitamin D level up. So I'm going to go with yes. You should see. My tan lines. It's all <laughs> oh my, Cam. Well, this is a family show. <laughs> yes, and this is my family. That's um, true. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I love you. I don't get to say that to many guests. Aww. So I love you, Mama. Well, I love you as well. Um, I do want to go through the places people can find you and your work. And I want to repeat that phone number again. Once, once or twice. Uh, but if you want to follow my mom on Twitter, you can at Cindy Harless one, C I N D Y H A R L E S S one. Um, if you want to check out her ministry and what she does, 
and uh, perhaps donate. We do have links below in all of the videos or on our website um, at the episode number. So it'll be uh, the wearethemadones.com slash 148. Uh, you'll find links there. Um, but you can go to her website at abortionrecoveryalabama.org. Nice. Um, and if you have a friend that's considering <laughs> abortion, if you're considering abortion, if your girlfriend's considering abortion and you feel like she needs to talk to somebody, uh, there are people out there that can help you. Like I said before, you can go to internationalhelpline.org or give them a call at 1-866-482-5433. Um, I think that's it. Do you want to share anything else before I get into my mumbo jumbo? I had another Christmas story, but I can't remember what it was now. So I'm going to have to pass. Uh, okay. Next time. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what it was. Christmas. Maybe it was the Maybe. time that you ran upstairs and jumped on your bed and forgot that you left your knife was in the bed. Yeah. So so I had a Bowie knife and um, I was sleeping <laughs> yeah. on I was sleeping on a futon at that point. And um, I had put the knife on the floor. I don't know who did or who helped me out. Um, one, one of my siblings, maybe dad, um, but someone had thrown it on the bed and then, uh, or I think it was, I think maybe I put it on the bed to picking it up off the floor perhaps. And then someone folded the futon up. And so where the fold in the futon was, the knife was jammed in. Oh, so it no. was headed straight out and I jump on my futon and yeah. that this much knife goes uh, into my thigh next to my rear end. And uh, it, it didn't do much of anything. I think I got a couple stitches. Um, but I will tell you that they are not lying when they tell you that once, if you're stabbed by a knife, you continue to feel it like it's in there still. It doesn't feel like it comes back that. out. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's because, you know, that, that severed, there's blood filling and it, it does, it feels like it's still in you. It's bizarre. I'm so like right now. No, 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 like no. Right now? That, that, no, that's over. At I the mean, time. Like, at the time, yeah. It just yeah. still feels like it's in there directly after. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's not super fun. Um, wouldn't recommend at no. all. No. Um, I'm very upset right now. I've, I've, I've had quite a <laughs> You should tell her about the uh, You should have heard the screams horse. from upstairs as we run oh, in wait. to figure out what is going on. <laughs> I've stabbed myself in the leg. I've stabbed <laughs> Um, I, I'll, I think maybe one more story, then I'll go to the other stuff. Do you want to tell the hamper story or the rocking, <laughs> horse, the rocking horse story? Oh, I didn't know which that you would allow me to tamp. Oh, I'll tell the hamper story. Okay, go for it. <laughs> yeah. I think I told it recently. I don't care. They need to know what my pain is and what made me this way. Okay. Well, Cam has a, 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 walks in his sleep. Uh, I don't know if he still does, but he did walk in his sleep when he was little. And so we make sure we lock all the doors and everything. And he would walk and he would just be like out of it. Well, there was a time when one, one night he got up in the middle of the night and he walked from his bedroom into the bathroom. And instead of turning to the right, lifting the lid of the toilet, he turned to the left and lifted the lid of the hamper. No. Oh no. Oh. And I woke up to a very wet, stinky bathroom <laughs> the next morning. 
Oh no. <laughs> Sleepwalking freaks me out. I don't know. That scares the heck out of me when people are like that because they say if you wake them up in the middle of their sleepwalking, they could lash out. There's something so, I don't know, ghostly about sleepwalkers. It's weird. <laughs> Freaking me out, it's man. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> and his I'm cousin not, had yeah. night terrors, and that was even oh. worse. Oh, well, that's Lord. awful. And what, I think my favorite sleep thing that I had was one night I was having some kind of bad dream, and I was like, <laughs> and my brother he come come home from college and uh he heard me and he decided to like hey cam it's all right and put his hand on me and it woke me <laughs> up and i went like this and his was it his pinky no it's just, his finger it was, was it, i thought finger. it was his pinky but it I was did, just i like, don't know but you know. it was completely yeah you jacked it up bad yeah. <laughs> Man, you can't wake those people up you just gotta like no. just yeah. Ugh, yeah, he broke his well, finger. He came running down the stairs screaming. We had to take <laughs> him to the ER. Yeah. No good deed goes unpunished, I guess. But that's the thing. Like if you if you know someone's having a bad enough dream to be making noises, yeah, like, don't touch them. You don't know how they're going to react or what's going on in their head. My husband's a sleep talker, so we'll be dead asleep three o'clock in the morning, both in bed, and um, he'll start laughing. And it scares the crap out of me because I'm I'm dead asleep, and all of a sudden the person next to me is laughing. It wakes. I mean, I don't know what night terrors are, but it is a terrifying thing that happens at night. And he's he's never like he's never mad or angry. It's always like a jovial kind of thing. But he laughs and he tells jokes. He's always having a good time. But for me, it's wholly terrifying. So yeah, I, but I would take sleep talking over sleepwalking any day because that stuff freaks me out. All right. Um, All right. What bad word did you say? Just say the letter so I know if I have to put an the, explicit on the, this or not. The D word. It wasn't. Damn. It was the D I D I word. Oh no, we're we're fine then. I don't have to put. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's what. That's all I need to know. Um. Okay. So, but let's wrap it up. Um. I love you, mom. Thank you for coming on. I'm proud Thanks, of you. Cindy. And I'm glad yeah. that you were the person who raised me and taught me to not just empathize with one portion of the population, but with yeah. all of it, including those who we never see. And I love you for that and for everything else. So thank you for coming on. Um, yeah, my pleasure. I'm also your you favorite son because I was on Tucker. <laughs> um, so... For the rest of you, I do want to tell you what's coming up. Next week's going to be pretty. Voted for Biden. Yeah, that was my tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure uh, I told him about it and he thought it was hilarious. So that's good. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so next week is exciting to me. We're going to be talking to Justin Marler, who was the guitarist for the band Sleep, which is like a stoner metal band. Um, and they he played the first album. Uh, as their lead guitarist and then after that went out and they were starting to get big and they were starting to gain a name and they were starting to become something and they're well known within that space um, he left mm -hmm. left the band and he uh, went to a orthodox monastery and then ended up living as a monk in the orthodox monastery for eight years he wrote a zine from there to help people who are suicidal to get away from that and to come to Jesus and stuff like that. But he he left what was a 
lucrative career to go and be an Orthodox monk. And I'm excited to dig into that story because that's not something you hear about every day. Right. Um, So that's next week. His name is Justin Marler. I think it's going to be really cool. Um, Following that, we have our friend Hex coming on. He was raised in the Nation of Islam, which is a bizarre set of beliefs. And I I, I want to know what it's like growing up in the Nation of Islam and having Farrakhan be one of your thought leaders. Bizarre stuff. So uh, that Hex is coming after that. Then we're having um, this. We, we found a young lady, Kayla, who's going to be coming on. She was a part of like the Hebrew Roots Movement, mm-hmm. the um, uh, Torah Observant Christianity. <laughs> and she came back to uh, ortho, lowercase Orthodox Christianity. Mm-hmm. So historic Christianity. And I just want to dig into that. I have a lot of. Um, issues with some of that and where it leads and I want to talk about it and I want to talk about what she had so that's going to be fun and then finally our friend Kim's coming back for our our last show of the month last show of the month is a pressure release show this means we have fun we'll talk about what she wants to talk about it'll be more open we'll we'll allow for more questions um it'll be a good time um although I, I gotta say I had a pretty good time on this one too so well we are we it's all me um <laughs> wow <laughs> she can claim it's all her because she raised me see what i'm saying jessica you're works. a sweetheart i don't know how you put up with him but i, <laughs> I, do, I do my best I'm, you and kaylee both you know i am I both i need you him. to know that i am both cute and funny and that's why <laughs> And, and um, a very, very tan, apparently. Yeah, well, tanner than I was. And, and please and not forget humble. the word humble. Uh, yes, yes, I am. I, I, like Moses, humble. I am the most humble person on the planet. Wow. I need you to know that. <laughs> um, but beyond that, here's the list of the other stuff. If you want to follow me on Twitter at Ham Carlos, if you want to follow Jessica at Soup Canarchist, if you'd like to join our Patreon and help us continue this thing, make more episodes, do more things. And I have some ideas for Patreon that I am going to discuss with Jessica and try to figure some cool stuff out to add to that um, from some requests from people on Twitter. Um, okay. You can go to patreon.com slash the mad ones. If you'd like a shirt, I think my favorite shirt we have right now, mom, I don't know if you've seen it. I've got the, I've made a shirt with the Cairo on it. You know, the Cairo, the little PX in my tattoo here. Um, I made a, a, a large white one that, that's in, it's really cool. Uh, but we have our logos. We have, we, we'll do seasonal prints, which we right We just did Christmas this last year. So Christmas will come up. Maybe we'll do a mm-hmm. spooky one in the fall i don't know we'll figure some stuff out but if you go to we are slash store you can find all of that there um if you're listening you can watch every wednesday at 8 30 p.m eastern time at youtube.com slash the mad ones go there even if you don't want to use it hit subscribe hit like share it with friends we're trying to grow we're trying to build up those watch hours so that we can get a little a little extra money from the man um where if you'd like to watch it and you hate YouTube, you can find us on Rockfin, you can find us on Odyssey, and you can find us on Rumble now. So we are we're hitting as many places as we can, uh, and we're also on every podcatcher. If you want to listen from the website or grab the RS, RSS feed directly from there, we are the madones.com. And that's it. That's all the things. That's it. You got all the things. It's Good job. All of the things. So with that. <laughs> 
I love you, Mama. I Thank love you, Kim. For- I love you, Jessica. Cindy, <laughs> it, it was so nice to talk to you again. I'm glad we got to discuss this topic with you because you were like the number one person I would have wanted to talk to about this. So so thank you for coming. (laughs) I I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah. And thank you for still doing the show with me, even though every now and then I get uninspired and episodes aren't as good as they could be, Jessica. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. And so with that, my dear audience, um, you have a chance to be a light in the world. So go light it up.